Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. I'm your host, Tanya Sam, and our next guest is the co-founder of Aquila Space, a gallery showcasing contemporary Alaskan art. He uses the power of photography to express and connect within his community and beyond. His photography and glimpse into his life in Anchorage is taking center stage for a recent addition to the Anchorage Museum titled The Place I Call Home. Money Movers, please welcome Jobel Rennie. Hi, Jobel. Hey, hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I feel like I try to embody this we the North, but you are really the North. You are coming to us from Alaska. This is by far, I think, one of the furthest um, Money Moves interviews we've done. So welcome from Alaska. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask what the climate is like there right now. Right now, it's, I mean, it's not too bad for me, but, you know, it's all relative. I think outside it's like maybe 45 degrees. We just got some snow on the mountaintops. We call it termination dust, which <laughs> means that winter's coming. It's it's on its way. It's a few weeks out. Wow. Okay. 45 degrees. And is this summer there? So like, no. oh, okay. We are officially in fall. Like okay. we have maybe a few more weeks of fall and then winter's officially here. Wow. All right. So Joval, let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. It, well, it dang sure wasn't by choice. Um, <laughs> From Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, we moved to Alaska when I was just a baby. I went back to Trinidad for a little bit, came back here, and I've been here um, essentially all my life. Had a, a little bit of time in South Carolina, but 
Alaska's home. Um, my mom moved us here because her sister, my aunt, moved up here with her. It, it gets a little convoluted. My uncle moved up here for work. Uh-huh. He brought my, my mom. So the islands, like I, you couldn't have told me that there was a lot of Trini people in Alaska. What brought him there for work? Because this is a fascinating part of the story. So Trinidad uh, is one of the largest like oil industry, like as far as the Caribbean goes, Trinidad has more oil production than a lot of the other islands. And Alaska has oil production up here too. So when word got out that the companies up here were looking for employees, they reached out to Trintuck, which was the company at the time in Trinidad, to see if anybody wanted to make the move. So my uncle made the in Washington and was doing two weeks on, two weeks off in Alaska and Washington. And my mom wanted to come visit, took a liking to it. My dad thought he was going to go into oil uh, when he got here. He was working at Trintuck in the past, but it wasn't in the cards. Working in oil in Trinidad is a lot different than working in oil in Alaska. Wow. Well, this is fascinating. I'm a huge fan of Trinidad. I try to play carnival. Um, I don't know if Anchorage even has a carnival, but um, really beautiful. All right. So you came here with your family and, you know, Jovelle, you are an incredible photographer. I implore you guys to check out his work. You are, you know, embodying and following your true passions and artistic endeavors. And this is how you also support yourself and make a living. So I want to go back to what really drove you to get into photography? The initial driver for me getting into photography was um, wanting to, like, connect with my peers and people in a way that felt good and authentic. But I was also very shy. You know, I didn't really know how to be social. I didn't really like to go up and talk to people. So photography was a medium that allowed me to express myself, but Mm -hmm. it also allowed me to shift back and forth between participant and observer Mm -hmm. when I was in a situation. So I could talk to people when I wanted to, but if I got overwhelmed or felt that I needed to go back into my own, then I could just kind of take pictures and be in the moment without having to be in the moment. When did you start taking pictures professionally? Oh, boy. Um, I think it depends on who you ask. Since you're asking me, I would say I've been a professional photographer full time for eight or nine years, maybe. And did you always know that you wanted to be a photographer? What really, you know, made you realize that you could do this full time? So I I first got into photography when I was 17. um, And it wasn't until 21 that I realized that this could be something I do professionally. Um, The first time somebody offered me cash for a gig... I was I was kind of stunned by it. I was like, no, that's not you can't do that because this is fun and you're not paid to have fun. Like that was just, you know, I come from an immigrant family like you're not supposed to get paid to have fun. That's kind of the the thought process for a lot of folks that move here. Yeah, this is what I this is why I love this podcast and be having to explore this, this idea of getting paid to be yourself paid to have fun, paid to follow your passions. And, you know, the more and more I interview, you know, really successful people and incredible entrepreneurs, it's like the secret that everybody high level talks about, hey, if you follow your dreams, the money will come. It is really true, you know, and it's just sometimes taking that leap of faith that, you know, I can do this and this can, you know, provide for me, my family, etc. So talk about what was your first picture, I should say, that you sold and you were and how much did you sell it for? And when did you really start to take this seriously? Well, my first my first paying gig was just pictures for for somebody like they offered me, I think it was like a hundred bucks to take pictures of them. Um, and that was really fun. The first piece of work that I sold was probably, uh, probably like OG Tumblr days. Um, <laughs> my friend and I wanted to do a road trip or like kind of like a quasi, you can't really road trip from Alaska. You can, but it just takes a lot longer. <laughs> but we, we wanted to go on a West coast trip 
And so I was on Tumblr saying like, hey, I'm selling prints of my work for like 15, 20, $25, kind of pay with and sliding scale to try to make some money to go on this trip. And within a week and a half, maybe two weeks, I'd raise like two or three grand. Whoa, okay, hold on, because I want our audience to understand, you know, sometimes it's like, we'll, we'll have a range of people on a podcast or, you know, depending on where you tune in, it'll be like, Bill Gates, let me tell you how I did it. And it just seems so unattainable. But this was, you're like, listen, I need to make some money. I need to make it fast. And you had two or three grand just like that. Like you just advertised to this community that you had built on Instagram. I need to know all the details. Yeah. Uh, so I, it was pretty much just a social community. It was Instagram and Tumblr predominantly. Um, but I think one of the things that really helped it was making it sliding scale, like throughout mm-hmm. the entire process, I've always tried to make art accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been that person on the other side of it, wanting to support an artist, but not necessarily having the funds to yeah. support an artist in the way that they're asking. So what I knew I could do was like, Hey, I know that my overhead for producing these prints isn't a ton. You know, I can find cheaper resources. I can find something that is affordable and still at a level of quality that I want to maintain for my work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just kind of letting people know like, hey, pay what you can. Like, I appreciate that. I already appreciate the fact that they support me by following my work and keeping up with my If they want a piece of my work to have in their home or whatever it might be, I want to make that affordable. I think one of the things that made me happiest was knowing that it wasn't necessarily you know, art collectors, I mean, it eventually got to that point, but it wasn't necessarily collectors who were looking to buy my stuff. It was like college students who wanted to decorate their dorms or high school in their lockers. It was, it was people in similar positions as me, you know, not coming from a lot, but wanting to have a piece of something that made them feel good. Um, At what point, you know, you've talked about this before, just that sort of being torn, like, hey, this is something I love to do. And then asking people to pay for your work, to pay for your worth. Um, ha- have you reconciled that or or do you still sometimes struggle with that? Um, I think it kind of ebbs and flows. I think that as I progress and as I kind of like level up, I kind of have this moment where I'm just like, oh man, am I worth this much? Am I worth that much? Like, yeah, I got that in the past, but can I get this? And uh, some advice that I got from a photographer, Stefan Vanasco, who's like, he's, he's a solid dude. He's definitely helped me out a whole bunch was, uh, something along the lines of like, you, you negotiate what you're worth mm. and the market dictates your worth. So if you say that you are a $2,000 a shoot photographer and you post that online and you tell that to everybody, this and that, yeah, you can, you can own that. You can boss up and say that, but until somebody pays that, that doesn't necessarily be true. And that is so that, you know, the nuance of art, right? It is art is, you know, what people will pay for it, mm-hmm. but you know, there's some wiggle room, but you, you might get that. Um, I, I, I certainly appreciate that. And I love that. So I want to talk about just, um, you know, how you've sort of managed to continue to build this business in, and, you know, what you think the most significant money moves you have made as you've become an up and coming emerging uh, photographer in Alaska. Um, so are there mentors that have really guided you? You mentioned your one person. How did you sort of get to this point of being successful? Um, I think the first thing that I had to do when I realized that I wanted to pursue photography professionally, or when I wanted to pursue like a creative path professionally, was I had to reconcile with the fact that I may not have a lot of things, you know, like mm-hmm. material. Things. I had to sort of really put into perspective what I needed to survive and what I didn't need, what I considered extra or like not necessary. 
Um, so once I was able to to kind of like have an honest conversation with myself and really figure out what is a need versus what is a want, mm-hmm. it made it a lot easier to move through and navigate and negotiate pricing because I I first kind of came from a mindset of like, okay, make sure my needs are met, make sure my needs are met yeah. and then negotiate further from there. Having that come to Jesus moment where it's like, okay, figure out what do you need to survive and sustain yourself mm-hmm. and what would I be happy and would I consider myself successful if I was just getting my needs met? And that was a big deal. Like once I kind of had that moment where I was like, man, I don't care if I'm eating ramen noodles for the rest of my life. So long as I have a camera in my hands, I I will consider myself a success. The moment you acknowledge that, I think it gets a lot easier to, to not have to put yourself in a situation where you're eating ramen noodles every day. Yeah. No. And I love you say that because sometimes it's about the state of where you're at, right? So we can constantly be in this perpetual motion for the next stage, the better stage, but you sometimes have to enjoy where you're at and then look back and go, because this is where I came from. This is where I was one year ago. And I think that sort of gives gives folks the healthy balance of being an entrepreneur, you know, being a professional creative and trying to figure out, you know, how do I keep going to the next level, but find peace with where I am? I think so. And I think to some level, being comfortable with the impermanence of things like, yeah, you might be popping right now, like, it, but like that might not last forever, you know, um, being comfortable with the fact that it could slow down, but knowing that I will still be grateful and happy Mm-hmm. For bare minimum, I think that that brings a lot of comfort and it makes it easier um, because then I'm not looking at each milestone or each level as like a new bar or a new standard that I have to maintain. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm grateful to be there. grateful if I go past that, but comfortable knowing that if I go back to the beginning, I'll still be I'll still consider myself a winner. Oh, I love that. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing. And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay. So tell us um, where people can find you on Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram, you can find me personally um, at Jovell, J-O-V-E-L-L. The business, the gallery, you can find that at Aquila Space, A-K-E-L-A Space. Mm -hmm. And the project, you can find the Black in Alaska project at Black in Alaska on pretty much all socials. Okay. So tell me what inspired you to start like photographing your surroundings. Um, What was sort of, what drives you in that sense? I mean, the first thing was, was football. I played football poorly in high school, Um, but it was a lot of fun. I wanted to take photos of kids making cool catches and getting tackles and all that sort of stuff to give it back to them to be like, yo, look how cool you look. Um, But from there, it went from taking photos of playing football to taking photos of people off the field to starting to hike and find cooler locations to take photos. But then me hiking and getting outside kind of like reignited that passion that I had for Alaska. Cause initially, you know, I was like a lot of young people. I couldn't wait to get out of Alaska. I was like, I grew up here. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go to a big city or somewhere different. But then when I started to take those trips and get out to the city, I missed the mountains. I missed the snow. I missed the wildlife. And so once once that kind of clicked that I was like, oh, I don't need to be ashamed of these things. I was outside left and right. And from there, being outside, photographing things in nature, also being a black man in nature, we didn't see as much of that in the early days of Instagram. It, it gained traction. A lot of people were interested in it and keeping up with my work, um, which is really cool. And that led to brand deals and partnerships and opportunities to do travel work and just kind of raising that bar for for what type of work I was able to produce and and be a part of. So I think this is something like, I think all of us struggle with, you know, you get on Instagram and it's one thing to see, Oh my God, these people are doing all this fabulous stuff, but then you'll be like, okay, so people are really using this as a tool to monetize, to make some money, get brand partnerships. Do you feel like a lot of those came to you organically or was there anything that you can point to that was like, Hey, this was the secret to my success. I think 
in the beginning, some of it was organic, but we also, we weren't really educated on how to navigate those conversations or negotiate those. Yeah. So we'd be doing deals for a free backpack or, or like, you know, merchandise or exposure bucks. Like that's not stuff that you could pay the bills with. Um, that's right. And so what I think was really a turning point was some friends of mine, we got together and we, um, so we, we were pitching ourselves to brands and the thing that we would get back a lot is like, oh, wow, this is really good work, but y'all are babies. We were, we were 21, 22, 23. Um, they, they didn't think that we were old enough or mature enough to work with them or to produce work of a caliber that they deemed like worth. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, we took all of our same portfolios, all that same work that we were sending out to those brands, and we put it on one website. We made a website called Aquila Collective. And uh-huh. we sent that back out to them. And we said, we are a creative agency with a roster of talent that can meet the needs of your brand. And we sent that back out to those same clients. And we started getting yeses left and right. And we kind of joke about it. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Little Rascals, but there's a scene uh-huh. where they go into a bank and it's just like two or three kids in a trench coat pretending to be an adult. And that's <laughs> that's kind of how we felt. You know, we were sending the same portfolios that they were saying no to back in this like glossy website, uh, kind of puffing up our chest and acting like an agency. And we started to get more work from that. um, We realized that those brand deals were worth a lot more than they were saying they were. So from us getting those deals, we wanted to figure out a way to like give back to other creators and photographers and videographers. So we started um, Aquila Collective as a way to manage and represent a lot of those creatives. So somebody would say like, hey, I've got this brand deal. Can you help me negotiate it? We would negotiate on their behalf and oftentimes get them five, six, seven, eight times more than what the brand. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, if the brand's only offering 200 bucks, it's not too hard to get them more than that. Um, So we would negotiate on their behalf and take a cut as like an agency. So we would take 15% and then we squirreled that away. And after a few years of doing that, we opened up the physical space, Aquila space, as a way of giving back to our community that had helped us sustain, like sustain our business. Oh, I really love that. You know, that there's something really powerful. And I think, you know, hearing that messaging of, you know, people think, oh, I've got to claw my way to the top by myself. But, you know, once you guys figured out the roadmap, you're like, let's open this up to others and help them make money. And of course, you can take a percentage off the top, but you were helping so many other people. So that is that is really a beautiful thing. So you have quite a few exhibitions and a lot of your work is on display in Anchorage, Alaska. Can you tell us about two of those exhibitions and shows? Uh, the first exhibition that I have up in the Anchorage Museum right now is The Place I Call Home, which is my dedication to my home. Um, it's largely in Anchorage, but there's also skirts of Alaska and other things around there. But that is my dedication to the people, the place, the textures, the things that really make you feel at home. Um, so it's it's photos of landscapes, it's still lifes, it's minutia, it's small moments, big moments, it's people in my life, whether they be passing through or like longtime friends. Um, so that that is the first exhibition that I have. And then the second exhibition is a project uh, that my business is doing in collaboration with the Rasmussen Foundation, which is a philanthropic foundation here in Alaska, but it's called Black in Alaska. And it's a project of like 
dispelling the stereotype that there aren't black people in Alaska. We've all heard the the joke, and I think Diddy was the one that made the joke about how there's no black people in Alaska. Um, but that that's simply not true. Like there are black people here, and we're not just existing; we're thriving. So that project um, is statewide. We travel quite a bit around the state for it, but it's telling the stories of black people who are living in Alaska and living well, thriving in their environment, um, and just the many reasons why we're why we're here. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, I love that. Well, Jovelle, we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to close out on what's next for you. Um, really focusing on the gallery and doing programming here for the youth in the city, um, taking the Black in Alaska project on tour and hopefully getting it out of the state um, and just in front of many other people so that they realize like we're here, we're existing, we're thriving. Um, more opportunities to tell stories of the people in my community or in communities in greater Alaska and just working, working with youth, working with people who are emerging, um, trying to figure themselves out. Like it, it feels good. I think that's what's next. Oh, that is great. Well, Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today. But make sure you follow Jovelle on his social media handles, Black in Alaska. Make sure you check out all his incredible images of life in Alaska. And if we have helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge, and or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to tune in Monday through Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.